it, it's really tough to put into words, but I mean, I can't freaking wait, right? Like it's, 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 it's been in the process for an extremely long time. So being able to put what we've done out there, see people like it, see people sign up that like, that's just going to mean the world to us. Hey, Jesse here, and thanks for checking out episode 34 of the Betting Startups podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Dean and Jake from Profit Exchange, which is the U.S. sports betting exchange. We had a wide-ranging discussion where the guys discussed their journey building the first regulated sports betting exchange in the U.S., the challenges of educating the market on the benefits of the exchange model, solving the liquidity problem, and how they're feeling about their impending launch in New Jersey after a four-year journey to this point. Dean and Jake were awesome guests, and I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. But before we get started, one quick programming note. Believe it or not, the podcast has only a handful of guest openings left for 2022, and we'll be temporarily closing the guest application form soon. If you want to appear on the podcast before the end of the year, we encourage you to submit your application ASAP, which you can do on our website at www.bettingstartups.com. Now, on to the show. All right, the train that is the Betting Startups podcast keeps on rolling. And today we've got Dean and Jake from Profit Exchange with us for episode 34. Guys, welcome to the pod. I know it's crunch time for you right now, so appreciate you joining. How are things in Hoboken today? Things are good, Jesse. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's, uh, it's hot here, but, you know, comes with the territory, I guess. Maybe just to start off with, uh, I've had a couple of guests on in the past few weeks since SBC. Uh, we had Brent from BetSwap and Ben from Capwise. And I was asking them a little bit about their experience at SBC. Both of them were pitching in the startup pitch competition. I know you guys were there as well, but actually you were there as an exhibitor. I'm just curious, maybe just to start off with today, just keep it easy. I'd love to sort of hear just sort of your overall experience at the show. And I guess sort of what were your objectives there being a B2C uh, product and business? What were you there doing as an exhibitor at a B2B conference? And just sort of how was it for you guys? Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll kick us off here. It was great. I mean, it was a, a lot of my back. I will say I was doing a lot of standing and I don't have the best back in the world, but it's about getting our name out there. It's about letting people know what we've been up to. We're legitimate. We're coming brand awareness and education more than anything else, as well as maintaining relationships in the space. That's what it was all about. And we accomplished just about everything. A lot of people on our team were saying, so we did this back in December too. And they said it was very refreshing. Instead of people asking, who are you guys? What do you do this time around? It's, it was more, how's everything going? Are you guys tracking for the latest date that you put out, which was very nice. Yep. We were yeah. able to run a lot of successful product demos, meet with regulators there. Uh, obviously there's a ton of affiliates swarming the floor. So obviously that's good for us just to be able to see them, meet them. We've been working with a lot of them for a while, but obviously, you know, good to put names to faces, uh, as Dean said, the brand awareness. Um, was really the key element we were going after there. And, and, and to be honest, I think we knocked it out of the park. Awesome. And yeah, all the demos you guys did there, Jake, uh, one of those demos they actually gave me. Uh, so I got my first look at the product. And yeah, we'll talk more about that in a minute. Maybe just to kick off here today, guys, if you could just quickly introduce yourselves, maybe talk a little bit about each of your backgrounds and uh, some of the major chapters of your journeys up until the co-founding of Profit. Yeah. So I'm Dean, co-founder, CEO, deal with more of the, the business external side of things as, as we look at it. I came from investment banking uh, a year and a half in, I quickly realized that I hated my life. And while that year and a half was going on, Jake and I were making some plans in the background and, and talking about how we would, we would get this started. Yeah. I, my name is Jake, co-founder and COO. Similar to Dean, I was in financial consulting, hated my life a little bit less than an investment banker did, but um, was quickly trying to figure out, you know, what the impending 
uh, legalization of sports betting. This was back in 2017. So we were trying to figure out, you know, how do we actually become, you know, credible out here in some regard with, you know, two post-grad guys trying to figure it out. Um, what we quickly learned through, you know, s multiple conversations with just attorneys was the UK was a lot easier of a market to be able to get licensed and regulated in. So we uh, ended up doing that after uh, we both quit our jobs in 2018, went out to the UK, got licensed and regulated out there, launched a peer-to-peer -peer product. Uh, it was more of a secondary market slash option, options for bets focused. Um, we basically went there and saw that any platform like that uh, was very hard to com compete against Betfair, which had a massive liquidity moat, just incredible prices. Obviously, you know, a, a huge operator over there that we cannot compete against, but realized that they own FanDuel, they weren't doing this in the US. Um, and we made some great connections out there, got a little bit of credibility for ourselves and turned that all back around to come back on home soil for, you know, what will be an impending launch here in New Jersey soon. Awesome. And was the intention with going over to the UK in the first place to always come back to the US and to go over there almost like a, not on a fact-finding mission, but to get that experience and sort of see what a mature regulated market looks like? Or were you going over there with the intention of actually seeing what you could do, not necessarily thinking you would eventually boomerang back to the US and, and, and kick something off there? Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. So what Jake alluded to was, you know, there was a big chicken and the egg problem here, right? Every license or a right to operate a brand is given to a land-based casino in, in almost every state. Those land-based casinos, they want to take a revenue share. They work with you on the money laundering side. They work with you on the revenue reporting side. A lot of stuff that you need experience and credibility in order to partner with them on. You know, I always say two idiots with a nice idea aren't going to partner with a land-based casino, which is what we were at the time, right? So we said, why don't we go over to the UK, establish a proof of concept. Let's see if the product works. Let's see if we can figure out how to run a company. Let's learn about compliance. Let's learn about our technology and then come back over here and look to partner with one of those said casinos over here in the US. And one way or another, we executed the plan. Got it. And you're here now and we'll talk more about the pending product launch in a few minutes here. Um, yeah. Appreciate the origin story. Let's take a bit of a deeper dive then and, and go into profit a layer lower. Just to start off here, guys, and, and just, you know, for the avoidance of doubt for anybody listening that might not be familiar with the general exchange concept. Can you just give us a quick overview of what an exchange is in the context of betting and maybe what are some of the key differentiators from a traditional fixed odds sports book? Sure. So at a high level, it's a peer-to-peer -peer liquidity exchange as we've been more recently referring to it as, um, instead of you betting against the sports book, so a sports book offers you a menu of prices, they set the price themselves. Um, the exchange provides an intermediary for people to bet against each other, parties to parties now. And I, I know we're going to dive a lot into this, but whether that be one person to a person, whether that be one trading institution to another trading institution, it's, it's an environment where everyone can come together and trade amongst each other with the goal being. You know, Jesse, if you and I were to shake hands and flip a coin, I put $50 down, you put $50 down, the winner gets a net of $50, right? There's, there's no VIG in there. When you put people together and you're matching everyone against each other, you lower the VIG, you get better prices and you have no limits on your action. There's not a sports book telling you how much you can or can't bet. It's up to, you know, the liquidity of the exchange to determine that for you. So those are the main key differences at a high level of what the exchange concept looks like versus a sports book. Yeah. And, and just, just to piggyback off that, I, I think it ties together with, you know, how we were talking about the UK prior, we really were able to learn a lot about exchanges overall over there. Um, there's many different ways you can build an exchange, right? You, we've seen um, more social apps launch here in the US that are more one-to-one -one, um, betting against my friend. And then there's you know, more of the financial driven ones as well. 
And what we learned is, you know, we really wanted to go out and, and, and copy the Betfair model as much as we possibly could here in the U.S., really just giving people the easiest access from point A to point B to be able to kind of bet down. Uh, so we do focus, you know, a lot on it being a sports betting product more so than a social or a financial product. Yeah, good distinction. Thanks for that, Jake. Just talking about an exchange as it exists today here in August 2022 in the regulated U.S. market, how are exchanges classified from a regulatory perspective? And just can, can you give us some sort of just high concept overview of just what the general framework and mechanics are as you guys are trying to get your product to market from a regulatory perspective? Yeah. We have the same license as everyone else. That's the most simple way to put it. Sure. Um, so when we go into each state, the sports book has to go and they have to get licensed and they have to be recognized under the set of laws in that state and, and regulatory requirements out there. And we do the same exact thing. The one key, key difference um, or multiple key differences is yes, we hold the same license, but the way our product test cases, the way our reporting requirements um, all of that is just a completely different animal exchange as it is to a sports book. So we have worked, you know, with the New Jersey regulators over the past year, really to, you know, mold what is, you know, going to be the framework for exchanges moving forward, hopefully not only in New Jersey, but in uh, the rest of the U.S. Uh, as well, given that a lot of them look towards New Jersey as kind of the gold standard and the one that, you know, really kicked things off. So while we hold the same license, there's a myriad of, I call, I'll call it complications. Um, that come with it as well. So it's really about just working with the regulators uh, on day in and day out to figure out what's the best for both parties there. Awesome. And let's talk about the product now, right? You know, I made reference to the factors of pending launch. I know you guys have been working for a, a long time now, building up to this milestone. I uh, can just give our listeners a bit of a sense of just the status of the product and what the, you know, the product development process has been like, particularly while you've been sort of waiting for those regulatory approvals to be able to go live in New Jersey. Um, can you give us a bit of a sense of how things are shaping up on the product side? Yeah, absolutely. So from, from as it stands today and when, you know, this will be released as well, uh, we are all locked in on the product side and good to go. There should be no changes that we push prior to our impending launch. It's been a lot of hard work to get to this point. And uh, to answer, you know, your, your question there in terms of how we got here, it's, it's been, you know, rigorous with the New Jersey government there in terms of getting the product signed off on. They've been nothing but helpful. Um, obviously, as I alluded to before, it's a new product, it's a new concept. So there's a lot to, you know, work with. Um, so we had to do a, a lot of tweaks there, but um, we've really been focusing late on specifically the user experience side of things. Now that our matching engine, our order book, everything on the back end, uh, along with the New Jersey test cases that are, you know, more responsible gaming oriented and fair play oriented, those have been signed off or at least, you know, internally built for a little bit uh, longer. And now we're really trying to bridge the gap in terms of, okay, how can we make our product the, you know, most easily digestible um, exchange that's hit a market. Um, we know from Betfair that, you know, user experience has lacked there over in the UK specifically, it's hard to digest. So we really wanted to do two things. First, we wanted to eliminate the concept of lay odds, which exists over in the UK. Um, the reason they exist over there is because you have soccer and horse racing, uh, which are, you know, your largest markets about doing 90% of volume. But in the US, we have two-way markets, right? On almost every single sport basketball, football, hockey, baseball, all of that's two-way markets. If I'm laying the Texans, I'm betting the Jaguars, right? So we were really able to eliminate that, call it, I'll call it second liquidity pool that you see on Betfair um, and mimic the exact user experience that you see at a sports book in terms of, you know, a price per uh, side or outcome, however you want to phrase it. So we've really been diving in, you know, over the last couple of months and trying to just make it the, the learnability uh, be worth it for the benefit of the platform, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And coming back to the demo you gave me, Jake, at the SBC conference, right? I was quite impressed personally, just with sort of the intuitive UX that you guys have come up with for what is, you know, quite a complex product, right? You talked about Betfair and it's notoriously, I think, complicated and quite overwhelming, particularly for folks that are maybe on the sort of the earlier stages of their betting journey, right? Can you just talk a little bit about just sort of your team's overall approach to product design and maybe like what were some of the guiding principles that you took forward to really make sure you were delivering sort of that intuitive experience and particularly for a market where exchanges are still quite new? Yeah, we, we like to focus on three core principles here, price, liquidity, and simplicity. With the first two, obviously more so being benefits of a positive user experience. So, you know, how can we make it so that people understand what requesting a bet is? How can we make it so that the markets are the most price efficient? And the way to do so is just create the most education possible around the exchange concept, um, how it works, how you manage it, how you manage an open bet. No one's managed an open bet before here in the U.S., right? So how do we make it uh, understandable that you can cancel that, that you know, a part of your wager has been matched versus a full amount of your wager has been matched? Things like that are really key to overcoming here, especially, you know, you know, exchanges aren't in the U.S. So we really wanted to focus there. And, and the way to best do that is by building the most simple product possible. It relates back to a little bit of what I was saying before in terms of we didn't want to go after a social or financial approach. Um, what we really wanted to do is go after a sports betting approach. And the best way to do that is to have no bells and whistles, get from point A to point B as quickly as possible. It, it's funny, right? When I demoed you, there's, there's only really one screen to show, right? It's, it's, it's the market view. You're able to see, you know, the event that you're betting on and the, uh, the markets, which are, you know, money line spreads and totals. Um, and from there, as I was alluding to, you know, mimic the sportsbook user experience, uh, show two prices at the onset, even though, you know, there's uh, a myriad of depth on these markets in terms of prices that you could get. We only wanted to display two. If you want to be able to see more, you can toggle it in and out of that. So that's just a small example of kind of how we're looking at this. How can we make it similar to a sports book, but also, you know, educating users on the benefits of an exchange as well. Um, and I, and I, and I should mention, we'll be going live with web iOS and Android. So doing that across three platforms is obviously very difficult and keeping them aligned, but you know, that's what we've been working on over here for quite some time now. That it was a great answer. I was just going to jump in and say like that last pillar that Jake said, that price liquidity is simplicity. Like ultimately what we had in mind when we approached this product design is if no one knows how to use it, no one's going to use it. And then you have no liquidity. So you have to make it simple enough for people to use. And everything Jake was saying had that North Star thought in mind. Awesome. And I guess, you know, abstracting the subject matter of sports betting for a minute and kind of looking at the exchange model, right? Really what we're talking about here is a marketplace where you're bringing two sides together and a two-sided marketplace, all these things, which are notorious for having what's called the cold start problem, right? When you launch it, nobody's there. Um, so you need to basically make sure people are there from day one to, to deliver that experience and, and, you know, fulfill on the promise. And I'm curious guys, like, how are you thinking about the cold start problem? And specifically when it comes to liquidity, how are you ensuring that there will be liquidity and a product there for people to use on day one after launch? Yeah. Um, it's a great point because with all marketplaces, everyone always asks about the chicken and the egg. If you look at Uber and Lyft, they, when they initially started on their supply side, they would go out, they would pay drivers just to sit there in parking lots. So when someone came in and they wanted to get a ride, someone would be available. Obviously it's a little different on an, on an exchange where we'll be having programmatic liquidity on day one. So when you come onto the platform, there will be, you know, a menu of bets, um, across all the six major leagues or whatever will be going on in August that you will be able to bet on. So. If I come onto the platform day one, I can actually back something or, or accept a wager. Whereas if nothing were available, it would just be a totally blank screen. People would say, what the hell is this? They would leave. We would just be 
flushing money down a toilet, really. So that's really key. Something else that we think about when we approach this is, yes, we want to show people that, hey, the betting exchange is somewhere where you can just get as much or as little money down as you want at a better price. But at the same time, we want to teach people about that core feature we have to request your own price. So when you click on a wager, let's say there's $500 available liquidity underneath there. Um, when you click on it, you have the ability to accept it, any piece of it, $1, $5, $500, whatever you want. Or you can go in and say, I don't want plus 106, I want plus 108. And then it would go up as a request on the other side. So that's that's how we think about it. It's it's a combination of wanting to satisfy users, retain them, um, not you know flush our CPA budget down the toilet, as well as creating an environment where people will accept or request their own prices and learn that that key feature. Yeah, as 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 Dean alluded to, we we will have a market maker on, you know, posting prices that allows for that learnability, right? Just being able to see it actually in action. Um, so being able to have that at the at the onset is absolutely key. And we've gotten a lot of questions about that. That was a huge topic at SBC, right? Will there be liquidity on day one? The answer is yes, there will be. And we'll only continue to onboard market makers as we continue to build ourselves out. We've already got a bunch of the licensing process. And that's something that we really hang our hat on too, is that we allow for, you know, as many market makers as are willing to get licensed to be able to come on and put liquidity onto the platform. I know that, you know, again, going back to the UK, there there are exchanges that either partner with one market maker or doing risk internally. And when you start doing that, you start, you know, forming a relationship with someone. And and, and at that point, if someone's beating your market maker and you're one uh, offering that's on the site, you know, do you keep wet into the bet? Like you're just becoming a low VIX sports book at that point. So the way that we're really viewing it is we want to get as much competition as possible to create price efficiency as quickly as possible. Um, so going live on day one with one is extremely exciting. Um, however, the plan is to continue to onboard more and more and more um, across all different sports, across all different markets. They all have their niches, right? Um, so we'll continue to only build out our offering from a liquidity perspective as we continue to roll here. Nice. You both sort of talked at this point about, you know, the need for education and really sort of educating particularly the retail better, the recreational better on sort of the mechanics of exchanges, given that this is a, a relatively new category within the betting ecosystem within the U.S. What's your guys' assessment on where we're at collectively in the U.S. market on the learning curve when it comes to people understanding exchanges and just the general mechanics and the value proposition of it, right? How do you guys sort of assess where we're at today and sort of the job that needs to be done to get people adopting exchanges? Yeah, I mean, I think we're at step one A, maybe. I, I don't, I don't say step one because there are a lot of people out there who have, you know, five, six sportsbook accounts, and they are price shopping when they look to place a bet. There are, there's a big chunk in the market that do that. In terms of educating everyone else on the on the other elements of the exchange, that will take time, and we're doing our best in order to get ahead of that curve. We're making a lot of partnerships in order to get ahead of that curve. We have a lot of tool tips on our platform to help you out. In terms of understanding this, we're putting out a lot of content on our own, um, educational videos of our own, just to help people get over that learning curve. Um, the exchange has, it, it's it's kind of like an inch wide and a mile deep. There are a lot of things you can teach yourself on the exchange. I think people are going to be pretty enamored by it. But, you know, in the beginning, we just want to teach people, hey, this is why the prices look like the way they are. This is why this number under, this is what this number underneath the odds means. This is how you request a bet. Those are the key functionality features that we're trying to get across. I, I think we really are at like step 1A though. I mean, we'll see really soon if people are, are very ready for it or ready for it or not that ready for it. So 
I'll, uh, I'll have a fun update for you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And, and something we really wanted to do on the product side as well is obviously minimize, you know, the chance for a uh, consumer, you know, committing an error and it costing them money, obviously. Right. So what we've done is we've actually built a, a system within our trading engine that forces you to take the best price humanly possible. And what that means is if, you know, you see liquidity for, well, it's, I think there's an NFL game tonight. I think we have the Jaguars and, and Raiders playing. If the Jaguars are plus two and you, for some reason, try and take plus one and there's, you know, liquidity available on plus two and a half, plus three, plus three and a half, we'll actually give you plus three and a half. Even if you submit a request for plus one, we want to be able to make sure that you are getting the best price. We're protecting our consumers. And we really, again, we, we, we view ourselves as a company that's, you know, on the side of the consumer. We only charge a commission when users win bets, um, which is obviously a huge differentiator for us and, and, and a talking point that we, you know, hang our head on as well. But we've done everything from the product perspective as well to minimize any potential user errors that are obviously impacting a negative user experience, causing frustration, and then potentially to never come back. Awesome. I also want to talk for a minute just about the fundraising background for profit. And obviously what you guys are up to is very capital intensive. There is obviously a deep technology component, which requires people. There's the licensing and regulatory approvals um, and a myriad of other things, all of which require resources. Can you give, give listeners a sense of uh, a background around the funding? And I'm also curious if you could talk a little bit about what was it like raising money for something with so much regulatory uncertainty, right? There was obviously probably the the hope and, and expectation that you you would get live, but only until you sort of pass that milestone do you actually know for sure. And, you know, again, just going out there, raising money and hearing from investors, like, what was it like raising money against a plan with so much uncertainty at that time? Yeah, I can start from inception. So, you know, as two 23 year old kids who don't have any experience running a company, let alone in legalized betting, that was pretty impossible. We also, you couple that with the fact that we were moving to the UK, you know, the pitch was, uh, it was difficult. So we ended up raising a small round there. That got us through the UK. We ended up doing another small round while we were kind of like in, in COVID times, I'll say. And then right after that, we did a much larger round to build up the team, to get licensed, to really go out there and say, you know, this is coming to the US. This is what we learned in the UK. Mind you, the regulatory stuff, yes, it will take a while, but, you know, Jake and I have a, have a plan to, to combat all this. It was, uh, I guess, the, the main point I'm trying to make here is extremely difficult. 90% of your, your contacts are waved off because they're not allowed to invest in gambling startups. You then have to sell your investors on that. The regulatory aspect is almost a good thing is, is the way I kind of pitch it because it, it is creating a massive barrier to entry to any other startup that wants to come into the space. Um, luckily we are the first mover here, so that works to our advantage. And then finally, you know, what, what Jake was alluding to earlier, we're not a social betting platform. We're not a financial trading exchange. We are a sports betting exchange. And what I would say to every investor is this is not the sexy pitch. It's the right one because we have seen what works. We have seen what does not work. There are a graveyard of social betting and, and financial trading companies, you know, albeit they've, they've made their mistakes in their own personal ways, but there has been a handful of companies that have succeeded and they're all sports betting exchanges. That is still not as sexy of a pitch believe it or not, as the social or, or the financial side, but that's ultimately how we grinded our way through it. And now, you know, we're, we're sitting comfortably. We've got how many people on our team north of 50 at this point. Um, we nearly have our license in New Jersey. We're lining up other market access agreements in other states and working with regulators and other jurisdictions to, to get us live there as quickly as possible. So 
it, uh, all that grind just is starting to pay off. Awesome. Obviously, it's been uh, a hell of a road for you guys getting to this point. Other than just sort of the, the waiting maybe for the regulatory approvals, outside of that, what's been the biggest challenge of the journey for you guys so far? Like what's been sort of the, the, the thing that's really sort of forced each of you guys to really dig down and, and really sort of push through and persevere as you've been on this journey so far? Yeah, I think it's, you know, I know Jake's going to have, have his thoughts, but, but my opinion is it's, it's all a balancing act, right? I feel like I'm just spinning plates. You know, there are the elements of you're working with regulators and, and the regulators job, first of all, they do a very good job and, and their job is to make sure that everything is compliant and that, and to make sure that all of your dollars and cents add up and to make sure that all of your processes that you're putting in place for your platform are beneficial to the user, right? You know, they have, they, that's their job. It's not, let's work with this startup to make sure that they will be alive when we will be done with this process. So, so there's that element. And then the other element is you have to build an entire team underneath you in order to get, to push through this finish line and the sales pitch to the team is, is tough, right? It's, Hey, we need to go through this regulatory process for over a year before you see any fruits of your labor like that. That's also really difficult. So you're spinning the regulatory plate, you're spinning the people plate. And then on the backside, you're running the business, right? And also trying to build a product that people are going to understand how to use. And it's all just, it's all one massive balancing act. I would say, you know, I know I basically told you the entire thing is the biggest challenge, but it really is like kind of balancing, um, your different sectors and and managing people as, as best as you really can. Yeah, I will, uh, I'll go off Dean's last point there in terms of, obviously I, I split it up in my brain, um, in terms of, you know, kind of COVID to September, 2021 and the last year as well, COVID to September, 2021 was, you know, we're doing a lot of things that we don't have experience doing. Yeah. We were in the UK. Yeah. We got licensed and regulated out there, which helped a tremendous amount, but in terms of dealing with the U S and the regulations here, it's a totally different animal than the UK, totally different animal. A large majority of, of the effort came from Dean and I over the, you know, COVID to September, 2021, putting ourselves in shoes that, you know, we weren't necessarily comfortable in, but, you know, pushing through, um, and then obviously being able to secure enough capital to be able to go out higher and get a team on board, which, you know, takes us the last year. I'd say that's probably been the most difficult part. Now that it's been, you know, unsuccessful, it's just been hard, right? We were, it was the two of us for a very, very long time doing everything. I've never hired people. I've never managed people. We're doing all that for the first time. Candidly, we've done a pretty kick-ass job with our hiring team and, and, and whatnot. Everyone here is locked in. They're focused. They're all sports betters. Um, and we took, you know, individuals from DraftKings, from FanDuel, from MGM, from Caesars. We plucked our, you know, our roles, you know, from, from other competitors and other operators because these guys have the experience running it in, in a live environment in New Jersey. So we wanted to really supplement, you know, our exchange-driven mission and talent and understanding with people who had operated a platform before. Um, so building everything out from, you know, customer experience to operations, to product, to go to market strategy, all of that was top of mind and really why we, uh, went after the individuals that we did. So, I mean, everyone that's been here the past year, uh, it's, it, it, it was, you know, 12 at the onset, we, we've almost doubled on the business side since. And, uh, I think a lot of people are starting to finally see all the work they put in pay off, which is really nice for us to see, obviously. But it's, it's, it's just come with its own set of challenges. It's, it, it's been fun. I'd, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't draining, but, um, obviously we have to kind of just turn around and, and re-gear for what will be, you know, the next challenge to be, you know, operating a live product. So interested to see what that brings. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, about to start this next chapter with that live product, as you say, Jake. Um, I'm just curious, like talking about this pending milestone of the launch, which obviously has been a, a long time coming, and and you know, for your team, it's going to be a massively fulfilling moment. I have to assume. Just curious for each of you guys personally, like what does it mean for you to be able to launch profit, and particularly in your home state at the beginning to start off with, right? Like just just what does that mean for you guys as as residents of New Jersey, being able to launch it there first, and just sort of the culmination of all of this effort up until this point. I, yeah, I'll, uh, I guess I'll kick us off. It's just, it's, it's a, it's an overwhelming amount of emotion, I guess. Right. It's like everything that Jake and I have put forth tireless effort into these last four years is all coming to a start. I, I, I like to say something that, that we messaged our team recently was guys, I know how hard we've all been working on this, but this is just the first milestone. Like there are going to be a lot more that we actually need to do. We're actually going to start the, we're actually going to start to need to look at our user behavior and our product and see what can we do to make it more digestible for the user? How do we bump up our numbers? How do we ultimately make this a, a profit generating business and what it means for us to at least to be the first one to, to get this going and to see our words and ideas come to life. I mean, that's just the coolest thing ever. I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah. It's uh, we know this market, right? In the UK, we are a little out of sorts, just in terms of lingo, decimal odds, um, the sports that, you know, we were offering and whatnot, that wasn't our bread and butter. This is, we know the affiliates to partner with. We know the odd screens to get on. We know how us betters think and behave because we are them at our core. I mean, Dean and I, albeit we're not allowed to use our own platform, which is potentially the biggest shame, but you know, those, are the regulations, obviously we are absolute power change users. We were in the UK when we were over there, we were absolutely you know, using Betfair and Markets and Matchbook and all of those and, and learning and understanding it. And we know exactly how to build it right here in the U.S. for U.S. consumers, what sports to offer, what markets to offer, how to drive volume, how to mimic user experience of all these other operators. So I feel a lot more secure and safe with our approach right now um, than I did in the U.K., which, you know, we were definitely scrambling a bit. We've obviously got a much bigger team also to be able to help support all of that. Um, but I mean, it, as Dean said, you know, it's, it, it's a lot of emotions. It, it means a lot. It's certainly extremely stressful. It's certainly extremely, you know, I, I feel a sense of pride and I'm proud of the team and everything that we've been able to do. So it's just a whole blend and heap of emotions coming together over the next, you know, a uh, week or two at this point, but it's, it's, it's really tough to put into words, but I mean, I can't freaking wait, right? Like it's, 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 it's been in the process for an extremely long time. So being able to put what we've done out there, see people like it, see people sign up that like that's just going to mean the world to us well definitely an exciting time for you and the team um and obviously a very busy time with the pending launch so i will let you get out of here in just a moment but before i do that my final question which i ask everybody my standard closing question which i'll ask each of you if you weren't working in sports betting if you weren't building an exchange if you weren't doing anything with technology if you weren't living your previous lives as investment bankers in a parallel universe what would each of you guys be doing instead you know, one of our prospective employees just asked us this. So Jake and I are very fresh on this question. I would be running a VC firm is what I like to do. I mean, it's just, it's gambling on people. It's the same thing, <laughs> same concept, right? Um, takes everything that I'm good at and I like to do and puts it all into one package. That's what I'd be doing. I, uh, I thought Dean was going to give the, uh, golf, golf instructor answer there, uh, but I, that's in another life. Yeah, no, I was, uh, I was clearly wrong on that front. I think he could, I could use that and, or him giving me a few lessons these days, but, um, for me and I, I again, like a, we, we had this question asked about a week ago with a prospective employee, 
And my answer really surprised her. And I even, you know, iterated that back to my girlfriend and friends and it really surprised them too. But my answer would be, I, I, I'd probably want to go work on product at a big tech firm, um, which is surprising because a lot of people tell me that they can't see me having a boss, which I told, which I totally get. But at the same time, I, I think, you know, it's, it's been a lot of, you know, the weights on our shoulders 24 seven, we tell our team, right? Like you guys don't necessarily view this the same way they do to a certain extent, 90, 95%, but Dean and I just can never turn it off. There, there's never a moment where we can just absolutely turn everything off or go on a holiday or anything. And we do take days, right? Like we're, we're, we have days where we're not on Slack, we're not taking calls or whatnot, but that doesn't mean we're not thinking about it on a day, on a day in day out basis. I'm sure I'm speaking for Dean here, but it's the first thing I think about when I wake up, last thing I think about when I go to sleep, everything in between is muddled with it as well. So. Not that I don't have any gas left in the tank. And I made sure to uh, clarify that to our prospective employee, like I'm rearing and ready to go over here. But I think being able to, you know, in the future work on something with, you know, a, a well-funded trained team that's done this before and all of that stuff and just kind of take out all the really hard challenges and do that for a year and learn for a year would be really, really cool to me. Awesome. For folks listening that might want to learn more about the product or check it out once it's live and or get in touch with each of you guys, how would you suggest they best go about doing that? Yeah, they can, they can go to our website right now. It's a profitbettingexchange.com. That's P-R-O-P-H-E-T, betting exchange. Feel free to obviously reach out to us there as well. We've got a contact form. Uh, we've been doing demos for users that have reached out as well. Um, so we would be more than happy to show you what we're working on, um, how we see it, you know, going upon launch. But that's really the best way. You can also reach out to our email, hello at betprofit.co. Um, we, we're on social uh, as well. So you can find us there where we tweet out some educational videos and things of that nature. But I, I like to think we're pretty easy to get in contact with. Maybe I'm wrong there. Obviously, I don't see it from the other side, but that, that's the quickest way to learn about the exchange. And obviously just, you know, reach out to either me, Dean on Twitter or the Profit Social account on Twitter. Like our jobs to make it as easy for you to understand and use this product, right? So we're, we're here and we're around and, and we'd be more than happy to take any conversations, of course. Awesome, guys. Really appreciate the time today. It's been great to chat, learn more about Profit and wishing you all the best with the pending launch. All the best, guys. Thanks, Jesse.